If you have ever played buzzword bingo and had growth mindset on your card, you knew your odds of winning were good. But what is growth mindset all about? As an assistant principal, you probably know where this is going. Yes, we want our kids to have a growth mindset. But if we can get our teachers to also have that growth mindset, then we will be in great shape. Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Buskey. The goal of this podcast is to help improve the life and leadership of assistant principals. This podcast complements APEX, the Assistant Principal Acceleration Program, but you certainly don't need to be an APEX member to find value in the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Becca Silver, the founder and lead consultant at The Whole Educator. Becca is here with us today to strategize on how to help teachers develop a growth mindset. Today's show will also be great for all the instructional coaches out there, so make sure to forward this episode to them as well. Hello, Becca. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited. Becca, can you briefly remind listeners of how you got to where you are today? Sure. So I was an educator for 10 years, and uh, when I transitioned to a coaching role, I became a life coach at the same time. And I started to see some crossover skills that helped me be highly effective very quickly with my educators. And so when I left working at a school and became a consultant, I developed programming for coaches to help them impact teachers' mindsets and motivations, which underlies all of their behaviors, including their effectiveness and their resilience. And thus the whole educator, because it's not just trying to get the technical components. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we're not just training skills and knowledge. We are also helping shift mindsets. I love that. I think that's, that is the critical and sometimes missing piece. Mm-hmm. So we always like to start with celebrations. What are you celebrating today? Oh, what am I celebrating today? I am celebrating that it has been very sunny in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I live. And I love the sun and I love being in the sun. And it's, uh, I recently did a post on this. If it could be a hobby, like sitting in the sun, it would be amongst my top three hobbies. I'm not (laughs) sure. I just, it improves my mood in a way that very few other things do. That's awesome. Uh, I, I think the other thing you have to celebrate, can I, can I talk about your membership program? Oh yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. We were talking about that before we started recording the show and it's just, I think it's such an exciting thing. So just yeah. give people the 32nd blitz because yes. I really do think it's, it's valuable for, especially for instructional coaches. Thank you. Thank you for highlighting the celebration. Isn't it great to have kind of people that work with you, right? And it's like, Hey, you have this really big elephant of a celebration that you forgot to even acknowledge. I love that so much. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I have a membership. I've, um, 11 members in it so far. And, um, what this membership is, it's a portal of self-paced modules that I have, taken um, kind of my live course and I put it into these self-paced modules and little bite-sized pieces. So my very busy instructional coaches can spend just five minutes and do something that's highly impactful for them. And the great thing about the work is it's immersive. It's meant to help you shift how you do your work, not add to your plate. And so um, within the membership also, we have um, these live coaching sessions that have been magical. Uh, And my coaches are doing the work and they're showing up having 
of these wins with their teachers. And it just makes me so excited that we have teachers that were previously resistant to coaching, suddenly creating connection with their coach and being much more open. And that just makes me, that is a big part of my mission, right? Helping coaches be much more effective with their teachers in the way that both parties feel really good about. That's awesome. And, and uh, yeah, I think instructional coaches can be so isolated. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times you're the only one, or even if there are others, their math, your literacy. And, and so it's hard, just like assistant principals, it can be really isolating. So having a community is a great thing. So again, yeah. assistant principals, forward this, forward this uh, podcast to your instructional coaches and help hook them up with Becca at thewholeeducator.com. Yes. That's the end of the advertisements. (laughs) Um, This podcast is built around the principles of strategic leadership, prioritizing purpose over urgency, addressing problems, not symptoms, driving incremental progress rather than big change, and focusing on people instead of tasks. And this episode is all about people. So Becca, you're actually the first repeat guest on the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm so honored. (laughs) (laughs) And and this is because of a little serendipity. Back in mid-March, I was working with several groups of assistant principals, two different groups from from different districts. And we were talking about how to instill a growth mindset in teachers. We brainstormed some ideas for creating a school culture that would foster a growth mindset. And shortly after that, you ran a series of emails on helping instructional coaches develop teachers' growth mindsets. (laughs) <laughs> and yes. I encourage listeners to go check those out. Um, they were really great and short reads and then a two minute video. It was, just, it was really good stuff. Well done. And I thought, okay, we have to come have this conversation. So the first email was great. It focused on why teachers may not have that growth mindset. So let's start there. Why don't some teachers have a growth mindset? This is such a great question. So this is my, my experience is that a lot of teachers did really well in school and enjoyed school, um, enjoyed school as it was. And it's actually an interesting thing how we have teachers and we're trying to help them shift from having all the control in the classroom. And back in the day when we were in the classroom, right, the teacher did have control. They had, they held the teacher's guide, had all the answers. Right. And um, anyway, I, I won't go on that tangent, but the, the, what I find is, te- I call them like the good student, right? A lot of teachers were the good student. They grow up and I call them, it's, I'm doing air quotes right now, but they become the good teacher. And what I mean by that is they want to do a good job. And what it turns into a lot of times is some form of perfectionism. And what I mean by that is, is a need to get it right. I got to get it right. I got to, am I doing it right? Right. Oh, can you give me the directions again? I'm not sure if I do it, you know, I'm doing it right. Uh, and, and, um, perfectionism is a form of operating under a fixed mindset. And I wanna highlight my language right now, um, operating under a fixed or growth mindset versus having a mindset. And we tend to do it, I mess it up too sometimes because it's easier (laughs) to say I have a fixed mindset, I have a growth mindset. But once we use that word have, we make it a fixed quality, no matter what we're talking about. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Nobody is nobody is stuck where they are. And that's mm-hmm. what that's what leaders should be doing, right? Is mm-hmm. is helping people shift in their thinking. 
Mm-hmm. So you had uh, three other big points that you made in, in subsequent days. So let's walk yeah. through those real quick. Sure. So the first thing I want to start with is what's the main goal of, of each, right, of each mindset. So the main goal in all other behaviors always return back to this main goal. So someone operating under a fixed mindset, their main goal is to look smart. And all of their behaviors are to protect this image. And I also extend it to looking good and looking smart. Yeah. Um, so that's the perfect bulleted board, right? There, there's all sorts of behaviors um, that can that can show up to protect this, but it's just, I gotta look smart and I'm going to do, I'm gonna have reactions that hold on to this image. And then operating from a growth mindset, the main goal is to learn and improve. And the thing that I want, before I kind of go on to the other nuances of the mindset is, I wanna say this, one, it is not black and white. There's not, there's not a person that only operates under one mindset all the time, okay? It's we, all of us, operate under a fixed mindset in different areas of our life, period. And there's a great, um, I'll actually send you this link and you can put it in the show notes. There's a great um, uh, article written by Carol Dweck about the false growth mindset. And she wrote it many years later after she wrote her book, Mindset, right? And she's like, my greatest fear has come true. It's a really great article. And she's like, people have equated gross mindset with being enlightened and demonized (laughs) fixed mindset. And so it's become this moral thing. Oh, you're good if you have gross mindset. You're, you know, you're bad if it's mindset, right? No, the fact is we want to normalize that we all operate under a fixed mindset sometimes. Like that. And the goal is to start noticing when we do it. Yeah. Well, it makes me think about, I've been working through kind of a, a course on developing my, my writing and the number of times that I say, oh, that doesn't apply to me. I'm good in that area. Yeah. Sometimes we don't know what we don't know. And we think, oh, I'm, I'm good there. I'm, I'm fine. I have that. I'll operate under growth mindset on these things. Cause I, uh-huh. I, I'm aware that those are places I need to grow, but then there are those blind spots. Right. Yes. And so we can actually be really resistant on those blind spots. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yep. That's exactly it. Yeah. So, so you asked, how do we break down? Um, there we go. So I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up my, <laughs> how, how I, what I broke down. I want to remember what I said here. So there's kind of these different, um, um, what do I call them? Like different aspects that the mindsets, have different reactions to, right? So one of them is feedback. So what does someone operating under a fixed mindset do when they are uh, given critical feedback? They're defensive. And a lot of my coaches are like, oh, <laughs> that's why I get so much pushback. And just going back to that main goal, why, does, why is someone operating under a fixed mindset? Why are they defensive? It's they have to protect this image of looking smart, right? How dare you say this critical thing about me? I am good at this, right? They have some version of I am good at this and you're threatening this. And someone operating under a growth mindset when they receive feedback, they're like, thank you. (laughs) I am so grateful that you let me know this. And they are, they're grinning, they're excited. I recently had this exchange with a, a teacher where I 
I went in to observe a lesson and it, she was showing, she was like, not showing off, right? But like proud, she's proud to show me this lesson. And I watch it and I, I said, look, can I be honest about this lesson? <laughs> and she said, yeah. And I, I kind of yeah, had a great relationship with her and I left right into like, look, like this did not get at the objective you're looking to meet. And she had the biggest smile on her face. Right. And that, you know, and it's like, yes, like this is what growth mindset looks like. She's like, I can't wait to tell my team. Yeah. Back in last, it's interesting because in last week's podcast, uh, we interviewed a couple of uh, new teachers, I think second and third year teachers. And, Mm -hmm. and we talked about that because uh, assistant principals, a lot of times are hesitant to be really direct on, on feedback. Mm -hmm. And both of these teachers said, if you see a way I can get better, I want to know, don't mm-hmm. and like come and just tell me yeah. so, that, so that I can focus on it. And I think that's something that administrators need to, to really think about, especially if we do have someone that ha- that is operating under mm-hmm. a growth mindset, mm-hmm. they want that feedback and being direct and then being yes. able to support them. in that is really important. Yes, yes, exactly. Right. And really understanding the nuances of the mindsets so that you know how to approach a teacher, right? That's the first work of any kind of school leader or coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because a teacher is doing well in their classroom and their classroom's under control does not mean they operate under a growth mindset, right? So it's, it's in how do we know someone's mindset? We listen to their language. Right. Well, and I think the other cool thing when, when you realize that there's that, that defensiveness is to protect mm-hmm. their own image. It's not about you, right? If yes. you're the instructional coach or the assistant principal and the principal, and, and you're trying to support a teacher and they're being the defensive, I know sometimes we can get emotional because it's, it's hard for us to go coach people. We feel like we're stepping out and taking a risk. Mm-hmm. And, and when there's resistance to that, it's not mm-hmm. about you, which right. then allows you to relax. And, and I think, be more intentional about how we engage with that person to help them. Yeah, yeah, for sure, exactly. That's exactly it. So um, another piece that's a highly distinguishing piece between the two mindsets is how someone reacts to being challenged. And that is actually, if I, if I had to work, you know, kind of do a, an assessment, you know, and I'm, I'm working with someone and I, I'm asked quickly, not ask, no, no one's ever asking me what their mindset is, but I'm always looking for, well, what, what, what mindsets are, are here, right? I'm looking for when they are challenged, not when they're in a comfortable space, when they're in a place of discomfort, how do they react? All right. We, a pandemic was a very big example of this, right? Overnight, everyone had to go home. What happened? You saw some teachers rise to the occasion and be resilient and be like, okay, right? Like I gotta learn Flipgrid, let's go, right? And Zoom and all of these things. I gotta teach all my second graders how to go on mute, right? And then, and then we had a bunch of other teachers that had well-running classrooms, right? That folded. It was like too much overwhelm, confusion. By the way, all of those are forms of resistance. <laughs> it's another conversation, but they, they, they had all these kind of resistant behaviors, right? So when someone is challenged, if they, if you see them being resistant to the challenge, if you see them avoiding the challenge, they're probably operating under some kind of 
fixed mindset. If you see a teacher that is resilient with challenge or they're even seeking challenge, like I want a leadership position, give me more, right? I want to try this new thing. I went and found this conference, right? I want to go to this conference, let them go to the conference. It feeds their growth mindset. Right. I, and I think there, the other thing I think about as I listen to this, um, that I especially want people that initiate change, so our school administrators, to be aware of is the whole you know, motivation equals value divided by effort. And, mm-hmm. and to realize that even if we're all have the same task, okay, we're, we're all going to initiate group work and we're going to teach group processes to our students so we can do group work. That's, that's a lot more effort for some people than for others. Mm-hmm. And, and we tend to see it as, oh, these are the steps, but there are all kinds of other things happening with people, the skills they have, the attitudes they have, their tolerances for noise. Mm-hmm. That makes it much more effort for some than for others. And mm-hmm. the value can be different too. Those teachers mm-hmm. say, I, I want to see the kids talking. I want that interactivity. So they're going to place a high value on that. Teachers that are more comfortable with a quieter classroom and like having the, the control and the structure. Mm-hmm. Why do I need to have all these kids talking in groups? My scores are okay. And, mm-hmm. and for us to understand that as well, that, that, that value and, and effort is, is something that we need to weigh in the calculus too. Yeah, no, and I love that you said that. I've never heard that before. Is that something you created or did you? <laughs> That's yeah, no, that's my my mentor, Jan Osborne, who's the superintendent in Northwest Ohio, uh, taught me that. And anybody that's worked with me or listens regularly to the podcast or reads my emails, they know that's that's one of the things. Yeah, it's fantastic. It It is. It's such a I need to do a whole podcast on M equals V divided by E. Yeah, but yeah. what it does is it takes away the whole thing of people aren't motivated, which yeah. is really is an excuse for us to give up on them. Exactly. Right. If they're not motivated, then we have to look at V and we have to look at E and Mm -hmm. we, and that's on us. So, yeah. And, and, and when we make statements like they are not motivated, we are operating under a fixed mindset about them. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right. Do we cover four? There's one, there's one more. That's a bit, a biggie. And I actually, there's, there's, I'm going to squeeze in another one. We're going to get a bonus one today, which is effort. So. Yeah, I don't, I, I was not planning on talking about effort, but I'm going to, you know, you talk about motivation is value divided by effort. Uh, the mindsets viewing effort, this is really interesting. When someone is operating under a fixed mindset and they have to exert effort, it is, it's, it's, there's a negative view to exerting effort. They don't want to have to try hard because to them, it feels like going back to that main goal that they, it, they must be stupid at this. <laughs> it's proof. I have to work hard because I'm, you know, and, and they won't say that, right? But to protect that looking smart to them means things come easy. Yeah. And so, and so operating under that growth mindset, it's like, I'm, if I'm efforting, I am winning. Like, this is great. I'm learning and growing. When I, I think I want to make a point too, that when you say they're, they're protecting their, um, you know, their own image of competence, that also, that can be conscientious, but also can be subconscious. I think there are mm-hmm. a lot of people that, 
they built this whole narrative to convince themselves that they're worthy and they're good teachers. And to open up and question that is, mm-hmm. would be devastating for them. Exactly. And so that, that denial and that pushback is something attached to assumptions and the story they've created for themselves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It sounds, so the fixed, here's a, another way to think about this. What a fixed mindset does is it lowers value and it increases mm-hmm. effort. If I'm, if that's the mm-hmm. lens, then everything's harder for me and nothing mm-hmm. is worth as much. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. And you literally, if there's resistance with effort, right. And if we push against resistance, Carl Jung says what we resist persists. Mm. And if we are having someone that is resisting effort and we are, we're pushing them, we got to do it right. Compliance. We are resisting them. And that is more effort on both parties. Yeah. 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 Okay. So um, I thought it'd be really fun today for us to talk about building a school culture that creates a growth mindset. Uh So you focus on instructional coaches and I focus on administrators. So our our thoughts might vary or not, but Mm -hmm. I think it will be great for the listeners to hear how we would approach this part of the topic. So can we start with you discussing the instructional coaches role in building a growth mindset with teachers and then I'll provide some ideas about how administrators can foster growth mindset throughout the building, and then mm-hmm. we'll see where we go. Perfect. Okay. So how I always teach my instructional coaches to build growth mindset, there's three aspects to it that need all need to happen to shift a teacher from operating under that fixed mindset to growth mindset. And I want to make a little note here. Um, mindsets are incredibly personal. <laughs> right we were like well i am being professional you know and and yes right and and just in this work when we are dealing with mindsets they are incredibly personal and they can be tied sometimes to our core identity so i just want to say this in in that light right we're dealing with the way people think about themselves so there's three things that need to be in place one is people need to understand the neuro science around this, the brain science. How does our brain work when we experience struggle and failure and challenge, right? And and people, adults, children, need to know, right, this idea of malleable intelligence, uh, neuroplasticity, this concept that our neurons, when we struggle and persist and eventually succeed, that they actually get stronger. Right. It's it's a it's a pretty simple concept when you think about it. But, you know, we want everyone to really get and there's lots, you know, and I people say, where do I find these resources? And I'm like the Google. <laughs> Google, <laughs> Google neuroplasticity. Yeah, there's tons of videos of people that have, you know, you can actually see little neurons kind of reaching out and touching each other as they're growing. Right. There's brain scans you can look up. Right. But it's it's we need to understand our brains actually get stronger when we persist through struggle. So that's the first piece, neuroscience. The next piece is our language, the psychology, our language. Um, So what we say, this has been the most popularized and oversimplified 
part of growth mindset. We're like, listen, if you just put yet at the end of the sentence, growth mindset, we're good, bing, bang, boom, have the kids color the coloring book, yet, woo, right? Like bulletin board, growth mindset, we're done. And I, I like to address it straight on, having store-bought posters <laughs> about with language on it and having beautiful bulletin boards does not mean that you operate or your children operate under the growth mindset. So there's, there's language that actually needs to be used in different situations. So if a teacher is struggling with something and working hard at it, we wanna speak to them in a certain way. Okay. If something is coming easy and they are succeeding at it, we wanna use a different language, right? If, if someone needs a specific skill, and they're struggling at it. We don't want to be like, you haven't done it yet. Right. <laughs> that could be incredibly frustrating, right? We want a sense of togetherness. People don't realize operating under that, like helping people shift to a growth mindset sometimes involves a lot of togetherness, All right? And then the last piece is experiencing it. We want to work side by side, hand in hand, co-planning, co-teaching, right? Doing things in partnership, with teachers operating under that fixed mindset to experience success and moving through struggle. Say more about that collaborative part. So, I mean, it can look lots of different ways, but what, you know, you think about a situation, you have um, a teacher that's like, I'm just not good with technology. <laughs> and they've like all but banned computers in their classroom. And those teachers really struggled during the pandemic. Right. Um, and I'm the coach, I'm going in and I'm like, look, <laughs> we are a 21st century school. <laughs> we are committed that all children, you know, can utilize technology in their education and become independent learners. Right? So I'm going in, I'm like, I, you know, I just don't use technology. I don't, I don't, you know, it's, so first of all, I would have a, a first of all, I'd build a relationship with it. Yeah. Period, 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 right? And then I would go in, and say, hey, what are you afraid of? And I would, you know, one of the psych psychological safety, this is academic, right? We want to create a space for people to feel safe to make mistakes. And that's a whole yeah. nother conversation, yeah. right? You talk about building that right. culture. That's part of the culture. It's a whole nother conversation, but I just want to put in the space. You want to, you want to ask yourself, do you as a coach or system principal create a psychologically safe space for people to struggle and make mistakes in your presence. Exactly. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, so, you know, once you're kind of like, okay, you, then you go, you, you co-plan with them. You actually create a situation that they are, that is, that they've been avoiding, right? Operating under this fixed mindset, you do it with them you teach them all those little minute steps that they've been frankly, probably avoiding. Be Becca, this, this gets to the, the heart. I think one of the things that we really miss in coaching, and I've been so guilty of it this, this entire year, is we don't break things down into small enough pieces. So I've got a struggling first year teacher and I say, oh, you need, you need classroom procedures. Here's Harry Wong's first days of school, read chapter five and implement procedures. And 
they, they don't know how to do that. And I give them the book and they don't do it. And then I say, oh, they're, they're resistant. Mm-hmm. And, right. and realizing that breaking things down in those A to B steps, which is what you're talking about, right? Because I'm not going to have you do this. I'll sit with you and we will do this one little piece. Mm-hmm. And then when we have success, then we'll do the next little piece. So I think that's critical for, for both of our, our audiences mm-hmm. that when you're working with somebody, especially when it's hard for them, we've got to keep breaking it down into smaller mm-hmm. and smaller pieces. Mm-hmm. And I want to say something about that. Something that makes a really big difference is your way of being. And what I mean by that is when most of my, almost all of my instructional coaches are what I call nickname runners. They're like off and running. They're the ones that have figured out how to do all the things in their classroom, right? And that's why they're, they've been essentially promoted to help other teachers, right? They're fantastic classroom teachers and have a really hard time being compassionate to, for teachers that don't think like them. And and if even if I can get them to be willing, right? The first step is like, are you willing to go step by step, you know, tiny piece by tiny piece with teachers when you, I know you didn't need it, right? This is a big mistake. We treat people the way we want to be treated and not the way they want to be treated, right? You, your way of, you want to be authentically connected with this teacher and really get, this is the place that they're at. Don't be condescending. <laughs> right don't don't make sure your tone your body language your vibe isn't like you should have already done this right any kind of any kind of diminishing way of being right we want to actually come from connection yeah because we're serving them yes right that's why that's why the position exists yes yes exactly right we don't get mad at the kid that's still struggling with learning his alphabet we're like okay well the first three strategies didn't work got it like i'm gonna figure out another strategy but we don't have that same compassion for teachers yeah yeah this is good and this is this is perfect i didn't know how this discussion would go but this is really cool because what what you focus on with instructional coaches is the individual relationships and I think where administrators can really play a huge role in this is actually in the systems mm-hmm. and the structures. Yes. Um, because one of the challenges is because of the expectations we, we place on teachers and the role of professional development, the, the system, the structures of schools really aren't set to nurture mm-hmm. growth mindsets in teachers. Mm-hmm. And, and so if, if a administrator wants to change the culture to growth, to support growth mindsets, we have to change the system. Yes. So I'll walk through what I think would be the simplest way to change that system. Um, so first is we have to model what we, what we're preaching, right? Yes. So, so we have to have that growth mindset. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that then what happens with that is we have to have accountability. Mm-hmm. So, if, so, I would share, this is my growth mindset. This is my goal. And I let everybody in the building knows that. And then I'm accountable for achieving that goal. So now it's public. Um, so, and, and a principal does it, and the instructional coach does it, the assistant principal does it. We all have goals. That's just, that's the way we operate. Now, an important part of that, that we just talked about is making sure that those goals are small. They're just a to B steps. So we're not asking people don't go out and say you, you're going to implement 
a whole new curriculum and five different teaching practices, right? We're just going to look at one area you want to get a little bit better in. This is my goal. This is my plan. So I'm going to take this step. Um, and then each of those A to B steps really should have some kind of tangible outcome. So if I say I'm as a principal, I want to get better at communications. Okay, that's too big. Let's break that down into something A to B. So maybe I realize I send out five different communication emails every week and my teachers don't know which email was I supposed to check for what. So I can just say my A to B growth is to be clear in communications by sending out one email at the end of the week that's going to have everything you need. Boom, simple. But that's also a tangible difference. Everybody can see and know when that happens. And hopefully their life is getting better because if I'm becoming a better leader, that should be leading to better results for people. And then we model this cycle over and over again. Mm -hmm. So we continue doing that. Ah, I've gone three weeks in a row. We're doing that weekly email. I've got that sorted out. Here's the next thing. Um, I have two examples. So I had a, a principal and we do a lot of the, we were doing the five minute coaching piece and she said, Oh, that's great. I want to do that. And that's, you just, it's very informal. You touch base with the teacher you say, what's going well, what's, what surprised you? And is there anything you would do differently? And you can use it all kinds of different ways, but she wanted to do that. So she announced to all her teachers, she said, I'm, I'm trying to do this five minute coaching. These are the three questions I'm going to be coming around the next couple of weeks asking you, it's not because you're in trouble. It's because I'm trying to improve my instructional leadership. Mm -hmm. And, and, and she would walk down the hall and the teachers would be like, Hey, Hey, come, come ask me the three questions. So yeah. she made it public and, and her teachers helped hold her accountable to it. And then they were part of that with her too, which changes culture. Mm -hmm. um, and I had another high school principal who had two novice assistant principals and what she did with them in their instructional leadership team meetings, or they're just their leadership team meetings, each, um, each week, they put a goal. The assistant principal would put a goal for their own growth, something that they wanted to focus on that next week. And then in the next meeting, they would debrief that and talk about that. Now, that wasn't public to the whole school, and it might be interesting to publicize it that way. But still, you know, there's this idea that we're all having goals. And yeah, and, and so then once you start doing that, I think with teachers is then you start with volunteers, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and you're going to get probably the most enthusiastic teachers, the ones that are already operating under that growth mindset. They're going to, ah, here's, here's my goals. So now we have administration with school leaders. We now have teachers. To, and, and this is, I think those teachers should make those goals public to every other teacher? If, I mean, would your top teachers that are really into it, would they be willing to do that? Uh, yeah, they would. Okay. And, and, and when, when you say top, I mean, not top achieving, the, the strongest growth mindset. Right, right. <laughs> and, and again, we're modeling, right? It's one thing. Yeah. I want to get better at asking the okay level two questions, or I want to get better at keeping my focus less than under 10 minutes, whatever it mm -hmm. is you know, that A to B kind of step, do that for a year. And then next year, when we come back, we all have goals. 
I mean, uh-huh. it's, it's not an option. We all uh-huh. have goals, but we, we've modeled that process. We know what that process is like. And I would also say, again, the systems piece, if, if you're working in a state that has some kind of mandatory goal system for teachers, um, uh-huh. one state I work in is student learning objectives. As a teacher, you have to target a group of students and say they're going to hit some performance level. Uh-huh. Okay, you tie your, tie your um, goals to that. Mm-hmm. So that we don't have two separate processes going mm-hmm. and we can say, mm-hmm. hey, here's the official thing that you're accountable for, but let's break that down into chunks and let's look at what that that's like. And that's what will be our focus for the year. So it's it's, I think, more authentic and natural that way. Mm-hmm. Can I get some feedback? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so so some things I love the goal setting. And I think, so someone operating under a fixed mindset could do everything you said and still operate under a fixed mindset. Mm. And uh, the the key is setting goals that challenge you. Okay. Okay. And someone operating under a fixed mindset might be hesitant to do that and might even pretend like something is challenging. I'm doing air quotes right now, everyone. (laughs) So they're picking goals that are just, Easy. Yeah. Okay. Easy. So, so when someone's really set on something being easy, that a lot of times it, I'm not saying it's all the time, but my little red flag goes up and I'm like, oh, is there a fixed mindset somewhere in this? Do I smell a fixed mindset? Right. So they want things to be easy. So you would see them setting easy goals, easily attainable goals. Why? Because when I achieve it and it's easy, it's proof that I am smart. Right. Okay. So one of the things, the feedback that I think what that principal did was brilliant for a couple reasons. The one that said, I want to ask you three questions and I'm practicing, uh, I'm practicing, I guess they're like practicing this coaching cycle, right. right? So there's three things that I always recommend. If you want to create a growth mindset culture, that three things need to be normalized, mm not have a bulletin board about, not mentioned once at a staff meeting, normalized. And those three things are mistakes, struggle, and feedback. And what that principal did is she normalized feedback. Okay. And I think that's one of the most powerful things, you know, and with this setting goals, I think one of the most powerful things is that people are giving and receiving feedback on a regular basis, not once a year. And so I, you know, I think one of the most damaging things I see principals do, and I, and I do, I actually work with um, administrative teams to help grow growth mindset culture as well. Um, one of the da- most damaging things I see uh, administrative teams do is only give feedback during formal observations. And that's the only times they're in, that is very, very damaging. Very and that builds a compliance culture. Right. Um, also, walkthroughs. Let's talk about walkthroughs for a second. I think they could be really helpful, but most of the times, the way that they're implemented is I, as a leader of the school, I'm walking into your classroom. A lot of times, I don't tell you why I'm in there. And the most damaging thing is to leave without leaving a note. Yeah. So (laughs) this is a whole nother episode, right? Um, On feedback, because there are different formats for feedback, um, Mm -hmm. some being less effective than others. Um, We just had a basketball game played the other night on national television. 
And, you know, I think about uh, uh, somebody shoots a three-point shot and it goes in and the coach says, good job. Well, they already got the feedback. They hit the bucket, yeah. right? So yeah, why was exactly. why was it a good job? So, yeah, we, yeah. we need to go down there. I, I think, and I don't want to extend this, um, this episode too long, but I think the other thing is a big problem for us is when we say teacher observation, there are four different kinds of teacher observation that happen, but we don't, we don't have concrete naming conventions for them. We don't share the language. We don't share the ideas. We don't have that common understanding. So when I say observation, I might mean one of four different things and you're going to interpret and try to guess which of those things I mean and we don't even have clear frameworks for knowing what they are. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that that's another show. But but I think the, the big thing is for everybody to be aware. Observation doesn't mean the same thing to you as it does to the person being observed. I think that's really powerful. Thank you for sharing that with me. That really kind of helped me give distinction uh, to that word as well. Yeah, no, and it's, 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 you know, I think about like peer feedback, like the opportunity for teachers to observe other teachers and give them feedback is so powerful and really gives a boost to that growth mindset culture, right? We're starting to normalize. I'm not, just because it happened once doesn't mean it's normalized. It means you did it once, (laughs) right? So, so doing that over and over again, creating structures for people to set goals, give feedback, you know, share accountability, share what mistakes they learn. One of my favorite things I love to do is play my favorite mistake where everyone goes around and shares like a mistake they made that week, which is so powerful. And it's lighthearted and you're giggling and you're like, I can't believe I shared my email over Zoom to everyone. And I was, you know, it's like a, that's actually a real example. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay. We need to wrap this up. <laughs> So I want to, here's my idea. We'll see if this works. I want to model this for listeners. Um, okay. So we're each going to tell a goal that we have to get okay. better and okay. what an A to B step might be for us. And then if we can think about the way the people that we serve and interact with could maybe hold us accountable. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. All right. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um. We talked before the show. I, I said there might be a long pause here because I, I've been thinking about this and I still am, am not really sure. Um, I, I think that the thing regarding this podcast that I really want to do better is to continue to deserve, diversify, diversify the topics, diversify the kind of people I have in, um, where they're from, what cultures they've come, what their life experiences are. So uh, I really need to do that, which means I need to get out of my network and tap somebody else's network. Um, and and so I, I think the goal for that, I I don't know. It's the, I mean the easy one is just to ask listeners, like start connecting me with people. But I I need to be better also about going out and being intentional and. Um, finding where there was an assistant principal of the year that won an award somewhere um, and, and looking in different, different places, I think. Um, and, and I think, you know, really the way people in the audience can help me is to send me, to give me feedback and, and send those emails and say, Hey, we want you to, we want you to talk to these people, or we want, 
we want this topic. And, and that I think is the form of accountability that would help me. Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, and I think it's really powerful even, yeah, just to say, Hey, what, what are, what are some ideas? Yeah. You know, and I think about like, I have ideas for you, right? I'm like, I'll oh, go to conferences. <laughs> it there is always, go. yeah. I mean, there's all these, these things that uh, your whole community knows, right? That they could share with you. Yeah, exactly. I love that. That's a great goal. Okay. So mine, my goal is to write a book mm. by the end of the summer and I have an outline and that's it. <laughs> and it's been sitting for about four months, the outline. And that is, it, I have to admit, it's it's daunting to me. I, I look at the outline. I stare at it sometimes. I've gotten feedback from an editor. <laughs> look at all those little red, you know, comments on it. And I do nothing with it. I sometimes I open it, stare, and I close it. That's yeah. what's been happening. Yeah. They're really safe when it's private. Yes. Right, 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 right. So, um you know, one thing that I can do to ask my community to hold me accountable is to tell people, first of all, right? Like out myself, like, hey, I've been sitting on this <laughs> outline with feedback for months yeah. and I want to do something with it, right? So asking people to hold me accountable, setting weekly goals, um, you know, and I, it's interesting me just saying this out loud. I can think of three people immediately that I'd love to share this with today. And yeah. I, I don't know about the, the people listening. I, um, there's something called keeping it, things in existence. I can say it. And if I don't write it down, it stops existing. I just, yeah, yeah. I just, it won't, it won't happen. Right. So I need to put it on my calendar. I need to actually like, like if I'm actually going to do this, I'm going to write it down. Yeah. Well, and I wonder if, you know, you, I think you do a weekly email, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's one little box at that weekly email that says, here's, oh, yeah. here's an idea. And, uh, and, and then people are reading that. And if you say you're going to include that, now you have to, you have to step up and do that. That is true. Ooh, that was a really good suggestion. Books are hard. Ask my Ooh. audience. Books are hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said, Hey, how's your book coming? Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. If listeners could take away just one thing from the podcast, what do you want them to take away? I want them to take away that people's behaviors are a result of their mindsets. Mm. And we want to stop addressing behaviors that are undesirable and start addressing the mindsets that are sourcing that behavior. I love that. And mine goes along with that. And that is if we want other people to operate under a growth mindset, then we need to be doing that as well. Love that. All right. Uh, anything else? No, uh, this was a really rich conversation and I'm excited to uh, have had this with you and to share yeah. this with other people. Yeah, it was fun. Um, and I love that we can provide those. This did what I was hoping it would do, that we can give different perspectives and look at it from different views, which I think is going to be really rich for both of our listening audiences. Um, mm -hmm. So one more time, then tell listeners where they can find more of your work and connect and how they can connect with you. Perfect. Yeah. So my website is thewholeeducator.com. 
And uh, there you can find all of my programming. My main programming right now is uh, my membership and you'll find that right there on the front screen. Um, and you can contact me through the website as well. I would love to hear from you. You can follow me on Instagram at the whole educator. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Becca Silver underscore edu. Uh, and I would I would love to to have you become part of the whole educator community. One thing that I am really proud of is that we have a very specific whole educator approach to coaching. And it focuses on learning how to impact mindsets and motivations. Great. Thank you. This has been good. Yeah, thank you. All right. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and rate this podcast. I'm always trying to improve the show. So if you have feedback for me, please email me at frederick at frederickbusky.com. If you'd like more content tailored towards the needs of assistant principals, you can head over to my website at frederickbusky.com. That wraps up today's show. I'm Frederick Buskey, and I hope you'll join me next time for the Assistant Principal Podcast.